Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Read it and weep, baby. Blue is on the board. We are back. <laughs> Another episode of Tough Hang. You just saw it. Rico DeShulo gets Team McGregor on the board. They don't get swept. They go one and seven. We're going to get into all of that first. A quick introduction. Last week, we were joined by the great New York Rick, a.k.a. Lee, still on vacation. Now we are joined by the great Mike Heck. Mike, how are we doing today, man? We're doing great, and it turned out I got to watch probably the best episode of the season. So, you know, when you need something done, you call in the Boston guy, and I feel like this works in multiple ways for this episode of the program. Yes, we bring in the Boston guy. I'm, I'm drinking all my Dunkin' Donuts right here. Don't worry about it. I got it ready to go. Uh, fantastic knockout by Rico DeShulo. Like I said, we'll get into all of that. We're also joined by producer extraordinaire E. Casey Lydon. I have to say, Casey, right off the top, do you feel a little slighted? You, you said it from the very first episode. It was your prediction that Team Chandler was going to go 8-0. and Does it feel worse that it comes in the very last fight that he ends up going 7-1? and I, I was getting cocky. I was getting cocky. I, was, I, I, was, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, heck of a fight. Heck of a comeback, actually. Um, sh- still a shocking comeback. Um, of all the fights of the, of the one through eight fights, maybe this and the Timor fight. I was like, there's no way they're going to lose this one. And the Timor one wasn't as dominant as I thought it was going to be. And of course, the Hunter one, I thought that was a surefire, easy win for Hunter, uh, especially if it's wrestling and you know, just got to win two rounds. And um, hey, it's a tough house, man. Things are wacky in there. I was shocked. Yeah, I'm I mean, shocked. I, I have to say, I think we're all pretty surprised, especially with the way Team Chandler has been performing so far. But not only that, it felt like in the buildup to the fight, and I don't know if they did this editing on purpose, but it was just like, it felt like everyone on Team Chandler was just like, there is no way Hunter Azure is going to lose this fight. This is the biggest mismatch on the entire slate of eight fights that we have. I mean, they even interviewed Carlos Vera for Team McGregor, and he was just like, yeah, I mean, uh, Rico could knock him out, but... If it goes to the ground, I don't really love his chances. And then we see in that very first round, they end up spending a majority of those five minutes on the ground. And it looks like Hunter Azure is just putting in work. And then, as you said it, round two comes around. It stays on the feet. And Rico DeShulo finds the knockout. I mean, nasty knockout. Put him yeah. right on his ass. And then goes, follows up with the double, like King Kong hammer fist. Just took the one. Fight is immediately called. McGregor goes crazy. He's running around. He starts talking <laughs> shit to Team Chandler fighters. Him and Roosevelt Roberts got huge beef. He's yelling from the stands. Uh, yeah, it was definitely the most shocking outcome 
so far and tough. I, I really was not expecting that. I like I got up off my couch when it happened. So here's here's what I thought. And, and I'll, I'll admit, I'm not going to lie to America or the world right now. I've only watched a couple of episodes. This is probably the second or third that I've watched. I might have had it on in the background for others, but I've seen social media clips. And when Conor McGregor is talking about his fighters, it almost feels like he's convincing, trying to convince himself that he feels his fighter can win. This one, I actually like believed every word he said when he was talking about Rico. He's like, people are sleeping on this guy, but his length, he brings a lot of really interesting attributes to a fight with a guy who can wrestle. And the length, if he can keep this on the feet, like, I didn't feel like McGregor had to force himself into, into having that take, into having that side. It felt like he truly believed it. And he hasn't been able to read a lot of things very, very well on this season of the show from, from all indications. But man, it seemed like he read this one really, really well. And Rico listened to everything he had to say. It seemed like Connor really motivated him. And, you know, a lot, a lot of these guys will say like Chandler just seems to care more, but sometimes that doesn't even really matter. It's just about, personalities meshing and i really feel like rico took a lot away from connor and and maybe vice versa in some respects so it was nice to to kind of see those two guys kind of come together and rico really buying into what connor was saying because it doesn't seem like a lot of the fighters on the team really have been throughout the season but rico bought it hook line and sinker and it paid off you really came on the right episode mike <laughs> you really came for you and the the whole boston strong thing that he was really pushing it, it man you did perfect for this episode because um it's it, because I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Connor? Did did Connor McGregor sound exactly pretty much the same as every episode? Because it felt the same to me. Like this guy's gonna win. He's got it. And then he doesn't win. He goes, "Darn it!" You know. I don't know. This. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, I saw Mike. Mike came on a perfect episode for this. This was the best Connor episode. Uh, Connor McGregor yeah. episode. I, I think. I agree. And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's be just because he won and I'm looking back in hindsight, did it feel like we saw more of like the training footage and more of like the, the behind the scenes interactions? Maybe, maybe I'm just tripping and, and seeing it with rose colored glasses, but, uh, no, we did. did. I, I, I noted that, that we were actually seeing longer segments, like just not like matched up in fast edits. It was actually, I think for one time, it was a good 45 second, just him, just talking how to whatever throw that uppercut into that bag you know yeah, yeah and yeah. that was actually an extended segment that we usually don't see in the show we may see that in the little extra clips they send out afterward but in the show everything's kind of chopped up real fast this was actually just they just let it play out which i felt was that i felt the show needs more of but uh yeah I, I agree i agree i i liked seeing it uh but i think i have to side with casey here it it has felt like connor has sold us uh, you know, a bill of goods on each of these fighters and how they can win. Um, and I feel like had Hunter Azure held on to win a two round decision, because I clearly had it a 10, nine Azure in, in round one. I feel like we would have just gotten the same, the same reaction from McGregor. Uh, so I feel like he's not really acting too different. I feel like we just got to see more of it. I do have to note, maybe I'm just picking up on this eight episodes in now. Uh, but it's such a contrasting style when it's McGregor in the training room and he's yelling and he's like, uh, you got to slow it down. You got to get the uppercut. You got to slow it down. And then they go to the interview where he's sitting in the suit in the apex and he's like so calm. And he's just like, oh, yeah, Rico, he's he's Boston strong. He's got this in him. He's got this. It's just like it's such like a harsh, contrasting style is the way he's acting. Yeah. And I, I did the write up for it, too. And so basically, that's how I I took notes for the episode. And 
like Connor just seemed surprisingly fired up, like in a positive way for a fighter who just got very close to a 10, a round from Hunter Azure. Like it wasn't a 10, a, but it was very, very close. Like this is pillar to post that he had Rico had no answer to the ground attack. It just seemed like Hunter hit him 150 times in that first round. And when the, the horn sounded like Connor was just like, this is a, it doesn't seem like he searches for moral victories all that often. And again, I haven't watched every single episode of the season. I've watched very few, but it seemed like he was completely fired up. Like he saw something was coming and Rico did a good job defending takedowns early. He, that uppercut was there. He landed it real quick, landed a nice right hand early on. And then once Hunter got the takedown, like Rico couldn't do anything about it. And I just felt like him getting to that horn was such a confidence boost because Rico is just, he's like most Boston fighters, man. He's just got so much grit and so much tenacity that you have to kill this man. And the only guy to really take him out of a fight, I know he lost a, a submission on the regional scene, but Montel, like Montel Jackson is a guy that if he was active, he's probably like a top 10 Bantamweight right now. So Rico's beat a lot of really good guys. And, you know, and if he loses, you know, he's getting beat by Montel Jackson on the freaking contender series, a, a, a loss that has actually aged incredibly well. So, yeah, I, I took a lot away from that performance. I thought, GC, let me ask you this. If you, I know obviously this is a recorded show with, with the Ultimate Fighter. This fight had happened a couple months ago, but if someone tasked you with putting betting lines on this fight before it happened, Hunter Azure is a big favorite. Like, how big of a favorite yeah. would you have put him out at? I mean, I'm obviously no lines maker or anything, but just looking through like their topology records and going back and watching, you mentioned the Montel Jackson fight. I mean, you kind of feel like someone with, with Azure's experience and especially with the way the Chandler fighters have been having this much success. We've been seeing the veterans. I mean, like you're thinking like a minus 400, minus 500. Like I feel like, and then what, what would, let's just say that this was a real fight. What is the live line after round one? Like you're talking about Asia and like the minus a thousand, minus two thousand yeah. range. Like it's easy. It's like I, I really thought that this was going to be a two round like dominant decision win after round one. I, I really was floored. Now I have to ask you a question, Mike, since you asked me one. Being from Boston, can you speak to these fights that break out over parking spots in the greater Boston area? I mean, it happens, man. People people fight in Boston about everything, dude. And sixty percent of it is motor vehicle related, whether it's a parking spot or somebody cuts you off without using a blinker, or you know, someone's driving five mile an hour above the speed limit in the fast lane instead of driving fifteen miles an hour above the speed limit in the fast lane. Like that's just how they are, man. Um, me moving down south has really changed my personality. I, I used to be a very aggressive driver, and now I'm like. George Costanza in that episode of Seinfeld, where he, just, where he did the opposite of everything. That's how kind of how I feel now. But Boston guys, man, they just, the, yeah, there are fights over parking spaces. There are fights over any stupid thing. And then they yeah. dap up and have a beer after, and that's it. I, I mean, I liked that part. It showed a little bit of the personality. I liked how they were laying in bunk, be bunk beds talking about the parking spots. <laughs> that was actually, this, I felt like that's what the show... We, we've we've complained a lot about the show for lots of reasons, yeah. and one of the things we complained so. about is that um, there's they live in a house together, and this is one of the, like <laughs> as I'm saying, Mike, you got you got a good episode. We've seen very little of actual interaction with the fighters with each other, and not about a particular fight, just just talking. That's not about their family too. Everything is either I miss my kids, I miss my kids. We get it. Everyone misses their kids. So this was actually a rare moment. We actually kind of 
they're just I don't shooting the shit a bit, you know. And it was it was fun. It was fun. I like. I, I, I also have to say, speaking of the house thing, which I wish we got more of. Like you're putting these guys in a contained space together, and like they're all very aggressive dudes that are essentially fighting for their careers. I thought it was pretty cool to to jump off the episode uh, and seeing Landon Quinones and Jason Knight talking about the fight. Yeah, and that essentially was awesome. Landon being like, last "Listen, episode, man, yeah. like." I'm normally super salty when I lose, but like you taught me a lot, appreciate it. And then Jason Knight giving him tips, like being like, never go to the ground with a dude that has better jujitsu than you. Like if you want to hang in the UFC, you need to get better jujitsu. Like I thought that was actually pretty cool to see. And that was the first time I think we've seen that where the two opponents have talked about the fight after the fight, which I think is, that's one of the unique things about this whole reality show is that we have that situation. So let's, and that's a rare situation. So let's see more of that. And uh, at least we got it once. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we did I, get it once. I'm surprised there hasn't been more of that, honestly, with especially with the layout of the show, when you have the prospects on one side and the the vets on the other, like when the fights end, especially the guys on McGregor's team, you would think that they would spend a lot of time talking to the Holobos and the Valiavs and the Jason Knight. I mean, Jason Knight is probably just... To pick, I, I would love to pick that man's brain for an hour and a half about fighting because that dude has fought everywhere and every single kind of a rule set and dude has just done it all. Like I, I'm surprised that we haven't seen more of that throughout these episodes. Yeah, I don't know why we haven't. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, they, they live in a house together. I don't know. Yeah, it just makes sense they would. I'm sure those conversations are going on all the time. It's just what the editors or the UFC directors of the show, whatever they feel like giving us, and um, I don't. Maybe they. I don't know. This is what we wanted. This Lisa's. I think this is what we want to see us three. But I don't know if the general casual fan wants to see this. I'm not sure. I'm just speaking for myself. But I want. All right. More so here's here's my theory: is that the Rico DeShulo knockout is going to spin us into like, I'm now excited for the rest of the season because McGregor didn't get swept. And now we are going to get the best matchups of the best fighters. And now when we get into the episode, we don't have to get the background of each one. We don't have to do the, the five, 10 minute uh, video on their families and stuff. I'm hoping that we're going to just get more content surrounding the house, the training, the beefs, the drama, and then we're going to pay it off with getting the best fights. And the uh, the what, the coaches challenge or whatever too. Yes. We haven't got that yet. The coaches yeah. challenge. Let's get Chandler up in the house. Let's get McGregor and Chandler at the same time at the house. Uh, I got high hopes for these last few episodes. I can't wait to see which one of Chandler's fighters gets sent over to McGregor's team and how they react to it because it's going to be the best. It's, <laughs> it's got to be, be yes. incredible. It's got to be Katona. It's got has to be Katona. Katona's the only one that would make sense, right? So let's and let's just, actually yeah. get into that. You want to get, wait, get, wanna get the, to that part? Oh, Connor, so what do you think about that part? Because that was I actually forgot they did this part because I, I I got they got stuck in this routine. Every episode is exactly cookie cutter, but now that we're past the elimination round, the fact that we got to see the part with Dana, them kind of talking about matchups and and Dana going, "What's the easiest fight? What's the hardest fight?" You know, that's different. Yay! Yes, no, no, no. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I actually have a note. Uh, right here. And I was just like, oh, there's 20 minutes left. I'm like, are we going to finally get our first round three? No, it's because 
you know, he gets to finish round two and then they have to do the post stuff afterward. I actually found it to be really interesting. It felt more like a mainstream reality show, getting to see each guy's response to like, ah, uh, who they think the, the easiest fight is. A lot of the guys at Bantamweight think it's, think it's Rico DeShulo. Uh, and then having to see the, the McGregor and Chandler or the team Chandler guys match up against each other, uh, after training with each other. And then I have to say, I gotta give the editors credit here leaving us on a cliffhanger of like the matchups are revealed. And it's just like, I don't want to go over to this team. Like I'd rather leave than put on blue. Like I like to see that drama, but then in the same breath that I'm complimenting them, I do have to kind of rip on them because they did give away. We're going to get Austin Hubbard, Roosevelt Roberts, which, yeah. <laughs> which means we're going to get Kurt Holliba versus Jason Knight. So it's like, all right, well, we know the lightweight <laughs> matchups. That, yeah. that kind of got ruined there. Uh, but alas, we get a cool behind-the-scenes drama, and we get a cliffhanger. I'm down for that. That's what I want more of. But all they said was Roosevelt Roberts and Hubbard were going to take center stage. They didn't say they were fighting each other. Maybe there'll be two fights next week, and Roberts will be part of one, and Hubbard will be a part of the other. They showed a clip of them in the cage. Do you think they really went that deep on the editing? <laughs> that they were like, all right, now do, the, now do the Roberts in there. All right, now cut to Hubbard. And then they, if they did that, then all the credit in the world to them. This yeah. is like, like turning into like <laughs> a real life reality show. That, that would be like top notch stuff. Like that, the whole season would be worth it at this point. Another question I had for you guys: um, Is it? Is it like I don't know how to really to phrase this? Like, is it all worth it for McGregor to get that one win in the last fight? Like, essentially, so like, is it better to have gone one and seven and got the loss and got the win in the last fight? Or to have gone two and six, but you got win number one in fight two and win number two in fight five. So like you kind of had just like a couple wins sprinkled, but you still went two and six. Or to avoid the sweep and go one and seven by getting winning the last chance. In dramatic fashion, too. Dramatic not, fashion. Not, not too. Yeah. <laughs> I think just ending it. I, honestly, I think the way that it ended was perfect for Connor because stole all yes, the momentum. So and then even his trash talk was like, "Yeah, look at your bums. All you do is just sit on them." But we go out there and we actually knock. We're actually finishing fights over here. We finished our fights. You guys are just sitting on you, your bums. And he's yelling at Roosevelt uh, Roberts. Got they like finished so many fights. Out. I don't know what he's don't, talking about. Don't forget. Team here today, gone tomorrow. You know what we call yes. you guys? Here today, gone tomorrow. I love that, that he's just having like major beef with Roosevelt Roberts. Like Roosevelt Roberts is like leaning over the railing, screaming at him. It's fantastic. Do you know what that whole scene with Connor after he won? It felt exactly like that, that meme we see with someone on the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the metal podium. They're like, yeah, I got the yeah, champagne ball. Spraying the champagne. And then they zoom out and he's like in last place. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. that was Connor uh, right there, winning one out of seven, going, I did it. <laughs> yes. I, it and then amazing. they go back, take shots of proper 12 together. Like they're all celebrating. It was fantastic stuff. Yeah, but that, I thought uh, that was so weird, too. It's like, dude, everyone in that room lost except one guy. And they're all like, like you're, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to the World Series. Only that guy gets to. It was just, that's, it was that's weird. Like for everyone uh, to. <laughs> Like you mentioned that, like everyone lost. Like as we were going through the episode, anytime they interview a Team McGregor fighter that wasn't Rico DeShulo, I was just like, ah, oh, man, there's like another lost soul that like <laughs> eventually met his fate of like not getting to win. On the flip side of the Team McGregor thing, I feel 
terrible for Hunter Asia. I mean, having to watch him do that interview through tears, talk about his family, how hard he worked to get here, how it's just right back to the grind. It's just like he's been cut from the UFC. He's now knocked out in the first round of tough. Like he's put in so much work. Like I, I really do feel feel bad for him. Dude, Hunter Azure is a really good fighter. Like he's not. I was gonna make a Kevin Lee comparison because he's not obviously the same. Doesn't have the same personality, the same pizzazz, but talents, the skills. Like he has it all. And just for some reason, the last few fights, just something just in his head just isn't letting him perform to the best of his ability. I mean, what we saw in the first round, I was like, okay, this is the Hunter Azure most people expected to see at 135 pounds before the Jack Shore fight and before not getting re-signed by the UFC. But man, like just to see him have such a great start and then just get melted like that. And then... Yeah, the, you mentioned the post-fight interview. Just, just really sad stuff. Really nice guy, family man, great beliefs. Like one of the real nice guys in the sport. And I feel like I'm not saying that the door is closed forever, but boy, it's going to be tough for him to get back in the UFC after that. Cut off a split decision loss to Jack Shore, who was undefeated at the time. And now, you know, like to lose here like this in a fight that he was doing really well in up until the knockout. And like, if you look at it, like he went two and two in the UFC, like he's got a win over Brad Katona. And it's just like, man, it's, it's a brutal oh, game. Oh, it's, it's not, it's not, there's nothing fair about it. There's nothing fair. Yeah. You know, it's just, 100%. it just sucks. I mean, and it's a fight. I, I honestly believe Hunter wins nine out of 10 times. I think he wins nine out of ten Honestly. times, and this was the one time he just, you know, I hate saying puncher's chance, but Rico had that puncher's chance, and um, he absolutely, you know, did everything he did. He absolutely did like, did perfect for Rico to get to the second round where he had to do, but um, Hunter is the better fighter, but sometimes the better fighter does not win the fight, and that's how it goes. Uh, to um to a happier note, a more ecstatic note, Rico DeShulo getting to drive uh, Conor <laughs> McGregor's Lamborghini after the fight, I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get to see much footage of them just turning away. Uh, McGregor said he was worried at how fast he was driving it. He was like, all right, take it easy, man. Uh, but still, like a pretty cool moment for Rico DeShula, like sitting down in the Lambo after getting a knockout for Team McGregor on tough. Like, that's that's a pretty cool moment. Yeah, dude thought he was going to just sit shotgun and take a little ride around the block. And Connor's like, yeah, here's the keys. I got 42 more. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey, get on him, man. I mean, what a what a momentum shift and uh, what a moment for Rico. Not a lot of people giving this man a chance against not only Hunter Azure, but against really anybody. I mean, you talked about Dana talking to all the fighters and, and everything, and they're like, oh, who's the easiest matchup? Who would you rather fight? What do you think is the Rico. easiest path to get the final? Oh, it's definitely Rico, like without hesitation. And then for him to go out and have knockout of the season in a lot of respects and, you know, have that moment. And 36 years old, like, these prospects are all in their 30s. This dude's knocking on the door 40. Was he the oldest prospect? Was yeah, I, think, I think he might have been. Yeah, so I the, the been. oldest prospect won the fight over, over I think uh, Hunter is 31. Yeah, 31 years old for, for Hunter and um, Yeah, I mean, an incredible moment for Rico. Can we go back to the two box real quick? Just, just one thing I, I need to point out. <laughs> We've been talking about the episode names. This one, Protect Your Neck. Uh, don't really know how that one applies at all. Uh, I don't know if someone said that during the episode and I just missed it. Uh, but 
Rico winning by vicious knockout uh, doesn't feel like protect your neck is very fitting. It should have been called sledgehammer. Honestly, like it was like Derek Lewis esque. Uh, the uh, the two handed hammer fist finish was was quite impressive. Yeah, hokey pokey herb was probably should have been a little quicker there. That that strike should not have landed. Like Hunter was on another was on another planet, and then Rico was just like. I think it's slow. I'm watching it like happen in real time. I'm like, oh, no, it's just like, boom. And you just saw Hunter yeah. just end up 10 years into the future with that. Yeah, shot. There was no, uh, there was no, there was no stopping Rico at that point. Uh, one other note that I had. Oh, go okay, ahead. Case. Can I jump go in real quick? Um, yeah. So I've been pretty positive about Chandler's coaching this season. I felt, and I actually wrote notes and like, there's something he said that I did not like at all. Like, when he, he was when he was talking to Hunter kind of before the fight, you know, in the training room or whatever, he kept really underselling Rico. He kept saying, like, Hunter, you're better at this, you're better at this, you're better, just do this, you'll win this. You got it, you're better than this, you're better than that. And personally, I've always kind of hated when coaches undersell your opponent. And like you're just like, you're just gonna, you're just better, you're just better. It's like I don't like that. I I I and maybe that was good foreshadowing to kind of give the twist, but the way I think, I think. I think Connor, I'm sorry, I think Chandler gave Hunter way too much confidence in that fight. And coming out in that second round, it I mean it, it showed. Actually, the beginning of the first round, he looked he if you go to the first 30 seconds of the first round, I would say um Rico won the first 30 seconds. But then eventually Hunter kind of took over, you no know, almost ten, very much tenated in the rest of the round. But if, watch the episode, Chandler was just like no selling Rico hardcore and um I think that hurt. I think that hurt Hunter. I just want to point that out. Um, I just don't like underselling your opponent like that, especially when they have point, so dude. much on the line. That, that, I mean, that's a, that's a fair point. And honestly, like I have the note of how like it felt like everybody was gassing Hunter up and sort of putting down Rico. And it almost felt like the only people that really were giving full belief in Rico, uh, at least behind the scenes, I'm, I'm sure to his face, Team McGregor was gassing him up. But it, it really only felt like McGregor and the other coaches were the ones showing full belief in him the entire time. And then obviously Rico himself. But yeah, that's that's a good point by you, Casey. I, I didn't really think about it from the getting too much in his head of like, this is easy work for you. This is easy money. Yeah. So, um, so when, you, when you do hit some adversity in the fight, you're like, it's going to hit you like a wall. Like, oh my God, this, I'm supposed to be so much better. And when it turns competitive for a moment, you can quickly fold, especially in MMA with four ounce gloves. So um, I think that, I, th- I just think that was a mistake by Chandler. Yeah. At least what they showed in the episode. So, on a much less serious uh, tactical, you know, great observation note. Uh, how about Dana? All episode, every time we went to the to the one solo shot interview of him, rocking the house bula shirt. <laughs> Don't even get me started with that, Mike. I know you. I know you're a house bula fan. I know you must have loved that. Oh, it was great. It was awesome. The only, you know, what have been the only thing that would have been better is if we got a commercial for the Hasbulla T-shirt that he was wearing, and they could sell it for forty five dollars. <laughs> I would have bought be, it. The only I would have bought it, dude. It's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. <laughs> well, <laughs> we you can wear it to the next watch party. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wish they had at least made it like a cooler design. Like it's, it was literally just a square box with Hasbulla's face on it. Like, let's get like some like a, a cool designer in there for it. Um, yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. Every time we went to him, it's just it's just as bull as face. Uh, all right, so moving forward, I I am under the belief they they kind of gave it away that we're going to get Austin Hubbard, Roosevelt Roberts, 
and then Kurt Holub with Jason Knight. We had to talk about it. It seems as if they're probably going to have two fighters go over to Team McGregor. We're yeah. all in agreement there. Do we have any any inclination on who it might be? Uh, seems an easy choice, right? Yeah. You said who? Katona. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be Katona and DeShulo in the bantamweight fights, but in terms of lightweight, like oh, Roosevelt. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I feel like oh, it's, oh, what lightweight will go over? Yeah. Mm. In in my opinion, I feel like it's it's definitely not going to be Roosevelt Roberts, which means it'll be Austin Hubbard, and then I think it'll be either Halibur Knight in in the other fight. I'm gonna say. Yeah, Holbo. I think Holbo will go over to McGregor. I think Knight will stay. They foreshadow. They're like Jason Knight said he'll go home if he ends up on McGregor's team. Holbo oh, I didn't. I didn't hear that. I didn't even hear the yeah, Knight yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, so, I mean, they I could think, just I be. Think we've gotten this. This pretty much pulling the chain. Away. Oh, Hol- like Holbo doesn't seem to give a crap. He just wants to get in there and fight. He's he knows this is his last chance. He doesn't care what team he's on at this point. He just wants. It's not about team this and team that. It's about getting to the final and and trying to get back into the UFC for him. So, dude, Holbo and Knight is going to be exciting stuff, fight. man. That's a fun fight. The, yeah, the build, the, the face-off, everything about it, like Southern accents to the nines between those two guys, it is going to be awesome. I, lo- I, uh, I think they it? actually did this right. Mississippi versus Louisiana? Yep, Mississippi. Yeah, Southern Mississippi oh, yeah. versus Louisiana. Uh, who was it? Was it Jason Knight that said this fight ne- has needed to happen for the last 10 years? I don't, I don't know if he meant them two in particular or he talking about Mississippi and Louisiana. Kind of. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he meant like them. And, I wasn't sure what, what he exactly meant. But I know there's like a lot of college rivals. Cause I'm, I, I'm from the Mississippi area too. I'm from northern Mississippi, but um, Knight's from southern Mississippi. But uh, I know there is a lot of college rivalries down there. So, LSU uh, Ole Miss, shout out. Yeah, LSU Ole Miss, the most obvious, biggest one. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what he meant by that in particular. Hopefully, it may, maybe there is some beef that we didn't know about there that they've been saving. You know, I wonder if like they're ever booked to right, fight so each I, other on the regional scene. Like that's very possible. Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna get it either way. So I think it'll be Rico and Katona at bantamweight for McGregor and and Halaba Hubbard at uh, at lightweight, and then obviously the Chandler fighters will will stay on their side. Uh, so it should be interesting. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Four episodes to go. Uh, uh, I don't know. Was this episode eight? This is episode eight? So twelve episodes. Yeah. Four yeah. Episodes. So four. There's four. four. Yeah. So we're gonna get one fight an episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we are actually like on the case right now. We are the mystery solvers. We are not gonna get two fights next week. We are only gonna get the one <laughs> because we're gonna do. It. I know. We're gonna do one fight per episode. I'm gonna say that. Uh, Rico is going to shock the world and Katona. Nah, never mind. Never mind. Timor has to be in the final. Yeah, Timor is going to fight Brad Katona because the UFC is going to want to get Katona on, on out of here. And from what seems to be the rumblings right now, the tough finale fights are going to be during UFC 292 in Boston. And you would think, you would think that. Either A, it's foreshadowing that Rico is in the finals, or B, they knew that this was the plan to begin with, and they're going to try to get Rico 
into that final fight. And throwing him in there with Gibson is probably the best way to do it. Because isn't Gibson hurt? Doesn't he have a knee yes. injury or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Injury. Like They're going to give DeShulo to Gibson. They're going to have Valiev fight Katona. Valiev will probably win, and it'll be Rico versus Valiev in Boston. I have no insight I, to this whatsoever, by the way. This is just how I see it. There is a lot of foreshadowing Yeah, I know McGregor wants – yeah, McGregor's like, oh, we want Timor. I'm like, they're not going to, like, if the finals are going to be in Boston, they're not going to throw him in there with Timor. There's just no chance. I don't know, right, but I'm wrong. Oh, man. Man, I didn't even think about that. 292, they're trying to get Rico on the final. I love this. We're building this right here. All right, so I think we have this all figured out. <laughs> it's going to be Rico. It's going to be Rico versus Cody Gibson. Rico, obviously, representing Team McGregor. It's going to be Brad Katona versus Team Believe. Katona representing Team McGregor. It's going to be Holaba Knight, Holaba representing Team McGregor, and it's going to be Hubbard Roberts, Hubbard representing Team McGregor. Then we're going to go Rico versus Believe. We're going to get the McGregor fighter in the final at 292. And then what do we think for lightweight? How do how do we think the we get to the final there? Knight versus Roberts. I think I'm thinking oh, Knight versus incredible. Roberts too. Yep, let's go. Let's go. Jason Knight versus Roosevelt Roberts. And uh, there you have it, folks. Rico versus Believe, Knight versus Roberts, UFC 292 in Boston. Crowd goes wild for Rico. He pulls off the upset at the ripe age of 36 years old in front of the home <laughs> crowd. Uh, we're writing the story right now. I mean, this is this is incredible stuff. We're yeah. kind of excited. One one upset creates a lot of excitement. It's, it's, it's well, now they, they left us with some cliffhangers. They left yeah. us with some things to figure out. They they yeah. left us with a guessing game. But this, I have this written down. I have the bracket we've just created. I have this written <laughs> down. We're, we're going to go back to this after next week's episode. I am, um, I'm going to disagree with you on one pick. Oh, God. I, Here we go, Mike. I'm picking Kurt Hollibow to be Jason tonight. How dare you? All right, you. so we're, we're all in agreement that it's going to be Roberts over Hubbard. Oh, yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Hubbard's good, man. Like, I don't want to take anything away from him. I kind of think Hub- Rose on one right now. I think there's just... And look, I've talked to both guys after their first round wins and they both have a lot to fight for right now. And both realize, both are on the cusp of just walking away and calling it a career before this opportunity came. And Robert just kind of came all of a sudden. He's like, eh, I ain't fighting anymore. And then the show came up and Hubbard was like, yeah, I'll do the show. And they're like, well, we're going to do a different format. All right, so I'm not doing the show. Actually, you're back on the show. Oh, sweet. Actually, you're not on the show anymore. And then it was like, okay, now you're on the show. So it's been a kind of a weird road for both guys. So I'm kind of bummed that they're fighting each other in the second round, especially when everybody seems to believe that these are the two best 55ers in the house. You'd think you'd want to set up the finale that way, but who knows? It's just, uh, I don't know nothing about tough in the, in, in the setup of it. I mean, it's been on for 20 years or so, and it's the same friggin' show as it was 20 years ago. So pretty much. What do I know? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think it's about you not knowing anything. I think it's just uh, the show can lack entertainment at uh, at some point. So I, I think you are on to something. Yeah. Well, uh, I got, right. I mean, I'm glad I got a good episode because, yeah. Listen, we've we've cracked the code. Uh, 292, <laughs> just go ahead and put it on the Tapology page. Rico Believe and Roberts <laughs> versus either Knight and Halaba. We know who's going to be representing Team McGregor. I mean, this is this is great work from us this is really investigative <laughs> stuff can't wait uh we'll keep you updated i mean mike we're 
Uh, do you think they'll put the the tough finales on the main card of 292? No, yeah. God, no. No, it'll be on probably the ESPN prelims, though. Ugh, what a bummer. Those are probably the first two, first two oh, so, ESPN. So, so they're not going to do their own fight night for the tough finale, but this one, this... From so all indications, saying, yeah, from all oh, indications, the tough finale is going to be on that card. Oh, and, so they're going to still and, they'll mix it in the prelims. Okay, one of those things, yeah. Which is better than just chucking it on a random fight night main card that 11 people are going to watch. So this is actually probably yeah. better. I mean, no issues. I was just kind of wondering, yeah. It also makes a thousand percent sense. There's only eleven fights booked on two ninety two right now. Also, I just have to step back and say just how naive and foolish it was to me even throw out the idea of it being on the main card. Main card of two ninety two right now. Main event: Aljo versus O'Malley, Komain, Wiley Zhang versus Amanda Lemos, Rob Font, Song Yidong, Jeff Neal, Ian Gary. Which there's huge beef there now. Marlon Chito Vera versus Pedro Munoz. Yeah. Uh, gonna say that Rico versus Valiv is not gonna make the <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, I think you're right. Either way, we might have to start that uh, 292 watch party a touch early so we can get the tough finales in. That'd be fun. I'm down. Hopefully they don't do it like too early on in the night. That's obviously TBD. All right, that was episode eight. Protect your neck of tough season 31. Team McGregor, blue is on the board. We start with the semifinals next week. Uh, should be, as the tease led us to believe, Austin Hubbard versus Roosevelt Roberts. But maybe they throw us through a loop. Maybe everything we just did was all for naught. They're going to give us something interesting. Uh, but we will discuss that next week. AK Lee back from his trip to Japan. Mike Heck, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, man. Great stuff. Continue to watch Tough, man. Maybe we'll call on you at a later date. Uh, so don't give up on season 31 just yet. I think I should get the hot tag when Rico wins his fight, right? Ooh. I mean, you're predicting it. I think I should I get the hot say. tag for that episode. It'll be the we, last one before the finals, more than likely. We, we shall see. I, I cannot wait for that one. Uh, until next week, thanks for watching Tough Hang. Appreciate it. Semifinals, episode nine next week.